Hi, everybody. It's John Dickerson. Welcome or welcome back to the Connection Point podcast. At the end of this episode, I'd encourage you to take a moment and check out cp.news on your web browser. Connection Point is a church that is fully online, and you can follow Jesus one day at a time from anywhere in the world with us. Well, I pray this message inspires you and challenges you today to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Well, Connection Point, it is so great to be back with you. Welcome to all of you joining us here in Brownsburg. To those of you uh, joining us online, uh, maybe you're joining us live. Maybe you'll be joining us later uh, after you've been at the race or perhaps participating in the race. Welcome uh, back joining us as well. Such a joy to be here with you. I, uh, I love this church. I love your leaders. God is doing so many special things in this church uh, here in this season. In fact, as we get started, can we just thank God together for all the amazing things he's doing here at Connection Point? Yeah. So remarkable. So remarkable. And uh, as I said, what a joy to be back here with you. Uh, as we get started, I want to I verbalize a question that I think a lot of us ask of ourselves innately, uh, even if we're unaware that we are doing it. The question is, is simply this, uh, what do you do? What do you do when the challenges, or excuse me, what do you do when you sense that you have a higher purpose, but the challenges of life are continually holding you back? What do you do when you sense that you have this higher purpose, but the challenges in your life are continually holding you Back Now, maybe you've thought something like this before in your life. Uh, I'd love to be courageous with a big challenge in the world, but there's always a big but, isn't there? Uh, I'd love to go all in to support a big dream, but I'd love to follow Jesus or even consider following Jesus with my whole life, but I want to use my life for a, a higher purpose, but... But there's not enough hours in the day, but my mistakes, I feel like, have probably disqualified me from doing something important. Uh, I think most of us probably think some form or fashion of this statement. We're, we're just not sure that God can use someone like me. What do you do when you sense that you have a higher purpose, but the challenges of life are continually holding you Back. I want to start with my answer, and then we're going to unpack it little by little as we go. It's simply this. Even when the challenges seem insurmountable, believe that you are made for more. Even when the challenges of your life, they just seem insurmountable. There's no way you can get over them or around them. Continue to believe that you are made for more. Now, before I continue to unpack that. Let me back up for just a second. I want to draw us a picture from my own life that I think you'll be able to uh, resonate with. It was a, a small experience in my life, but little by little over the years, God has used it as really a defining moment in, 
in my life. It happened uh, several years ago. In fact, when my family of five was just a family of three, I brought along a, a photo of what we were like back then. This is my wife, Katie, and uh, our oldest daughter, Ava. She was about two uh, at, uh, at the time, and we lived uh, in the Los Angeles area. In fact, I brought along another photo of just uh, me and Ava uh, at the beach. Uh, that's a, it's a good shot of her. She's uh, very cute and got a little bit of attitude. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think this, this, this picture sums it, sums it up well. And we lived just north of Los Angeles in, uh, in downtown Pasadena. And, uh, and one day as I was uh, coming home to our apartment complex, I was walking uh, up the steps and then there's this courtyard at the top of our steps. Here's another photo of me and Ava uh, sitting in, uh, in uh, this courtyard. I was walking up the steps and as I was walking up, I noticed in the distance in the courtyard, there was something bouncing towards me. Couldn't figure out really what it was or why it was coming my uh, direction. And when I got to the top step, it continued on in my direction. It bounced through our security gate. And at the last second, for whatever reason, I don't even really know why, I just sort of reached out my hand and I caught it. And I looked down and it was this little multicolored bouncing ball. You know, like one of those you get at the grocery store, like in the quarter uh, slot machine. And as soon as I grabbed it, I could hear my daughter, Ava, uh, yelling in the distance, Daddy, you caught my ball. And I'm like, what are the chances? <laughs> at the exact moment I'm walking up is the exact moment that she would have thrown the ball in, uh, in this direction. They ran over to me, and I, I handed the prize catch back to, uh, back to Ava. We were still standing at the steps, and she took the ball, and she launched it again. <laughs> I ran back down the steps and out into the street to save the ball once again. And I came back up and kind of got down and looked her in the eye, and I said, Hey, Ava, I think it might be a better idea if you put the ball in your pocket to keep it safe. Meaning, like right here, while we're on the steps, you should put it in your pocket to keep it it's safe. That's not what she heard, but I didn't really think anything about it at the time. She kind of got this sad face, and we all went, went back inside to the apartment. I was working in our, our home office, and I came out later, and I saw Ava, and I said, hey, Ava, why don't we go out to the courtyard? We can play with that bouncing ball. She looked at me with this really stern face, and she said, no, Dad, you told me to put it in my pocket and keep it safe. Like I said, cute, but a little bit of toot as well. And um, I wasn't in the mood to argue with the two-year-old. I had plenty of work to do. I went back to my home office and was working and came out later for dinner. And my wife, Katie, she's like, you're not going to believe it, but she will not get this ball uh, out of her pocket. And it might sound crazy, but I don't know, something in that moment, I was like, I need to, I need to redeem this bouncing ball for her. I, I don't want every time that there's a challenge in her life for her to sort of be afraid and play it safe and so after dinner, we walked out to the courtyard, and I got down on like a knee. I was looking at her uh, eye to eye, and I said, hey, Ava, I, I really think we should play with this bouncing ball. Like, it wasn't made to be in your pocket. It was made to bounce, and I reached out my hand, and I said, and if you'll trust me with it, I'd love to show you how high it can go. She reaches into her pocket, and with fear and trembling, she's like shaking, and she hands me this bouncing ball, and I didn't wait. Like, this was my moment. I grabbed the bouncing ball. I wound up to throw it against the concrete, and as I'm looking down, she's looking at me, and her eyes are screaming, no, Dad, like, don't, don't do it, and it was too late, <laughs> so I'd already slammed it against the concrete, and it shot up into the night sky, and if I'm being honest, I lost it. Like, I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know where it went, but I'm, I'm praying, please, Lord, like, I've got to catch this ball, right? Like, if I've got to, and I'm looking, and I'm looking, and the last second, I, I see it, and I catch it, and it just so happened to be, like, right in front of her eyes, <laughs> and she looks up, and she's like, Dad, do it again, <laughs> 
And I was like, all right, that's, we're sort of halfway to, to victory. And I don't know, maybe for the next 30 minutes, we bounced the ball or ran around catching it. But for me, the real victory came later on when Ava reached out her own hand back to me and said, Dad, can I try? Because <laughs> that was the moment that the joy overcame the fear that had been holding her back. And here's what I know about all of us. We, we all desire to live a made-for-more kind of life. But like Ava, uh, the, the challenges in our lives cause us to put our lives in our pocket to keep them safe. If we can just play it safe, maybe we won't get hurt again. Our hurt, our grief, our pain, it causes us to expect less, to dream smaller, and to play it safe. But just like that ball was made to bounce, you were made to live fully. And if you'll offer your life back to God, he'd love to show you just how high it can go. I know the challenges in our lives can often seem insurmountable, but I pray today that you will believe that you are truly made for more. Made for more than just getting by, made for more than just playing it safe. I'll never forget one of my uh, earliest disappointments. I, I remember reading the results like it was yesterday. My third grade teacher had uh, recommended that I be uh, tested for this uh, special gifted and talented program in our, in our school district, a brand new thing that they were starting. If my scores were high, uh, I'd be accepted, uh, which also meant that I would have to change schools. I didn't like the thought of leaving my friends. I loved the thought of being extraordinary. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the results came in the mail. I remember sitting down and reading them, and I could tell, even as a third grader, that my scores were high, but they weren't high enough. And even 30 years later, what I remember hearing that day was, you're not good enough. <laughs> you, didn't make, you didn't make the cut. Uh, what about you? Uh, what challenges have you encountered Maybe they were 30 years ago. Maybe they were 30 days ago. Maybe they were 30 minutes ago. Uh, how many times and in what ways have you heard, expect less, dream smaller, play it safe? It's safer, we think, to put our lives in our pocket and play it safe. Maybe you, you didn't make the team or you weren't accepted into that program or into the school of your first choice. Uh, someone you uh, respect uh, overlooked your abilities. Perhaps you've been deeply hurt or grieved. Maybe you risked it all once and you fell on your face, or just like me, the results came in and you just, you just didn't make the cut. And yet, uh, even in the face of all of the challenges you've encountered, amidst all the hardships that you've endured, there's still this voice inside declaring that I am made for more. I have a high purpose. I, I, I desire to live a great story. And I want you to hear today that it's not an accident. And you're not alone. It's your creator <laughs> calling out to you, declaring, please don't settle. I made you for more. I, I made you with great destiny. E even when the challenges seem insurmountable, it would be easier just to play it safe. Would you believe that you are made for more? 
In fact, if we look to the scriptures, we can see this internal wrestling for a man named Paul. Paul grew up incredibly prideful and arrogant. His, his highest desire was to be uh, the most religious and the most righteous. He had this innate desire, this innate knowledge like all of us, that he was made for more, but he was pursuing it in the wrong way. He encounters this man named Jesus, and he recognizes that he's been completely missing the mark. It would have been easy for Paul when he's humiliated to put his life in his pocket and play it safe and not risk falling on his face again. And what I love about Paul is he desires that his whole life be committed to the ways of Jesus. He says this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, perhaps my favorite verse in all of Scripture. He says this, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. I haven't got there yet of where I'm striving to, to get to. I'm not perfect. Uh, there's times I fall on my face and I miss the mark, but I, but I press on so I can lay hold of that for which Jesus laid hold of me. Here, here's what Paul knew, and I, I pray that you'll hear today. Jesus died so that you could fully live. Jesus died so that you could fully live. Jesus died so that you and I could reach our highest purpose. You were made to act in faith. You were made to serve God with courage. You're made to reflect the, the character of your creator. You're made to soar to great hearts heights. Don't put your life in your pocket and play it safe. You can lay hold of that for which Jesus laid hold of you. So what do you do? What do you do when you sense you have a higher purpose, but man, the challenges just keep coming. Let me unfold this. and We're going to look at a, a life of another early disciple, a man named Simon. In time, we come to know him as Peter. And there's this time that Jesus was preaching to a large group by the sea and the, the group gets so large, he has to sort of back up into the water so he can see everyone as he's speaking. And he sees this group of fishermen, of which Simon is a part, and they've had a long night on the water. They didn't catch a thing. They're cleaning up their nets. They're cleaning up the boat. And they're ready to go home. And I want you to see the progression in this story, because it's the progression that God wants to take all of us through in our faith as well. It says this in Luke chapter 5, verse 3. He, Jesus, got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Simon, I need you to go out into the shallow waters. Then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. What do you do when you sense you have a higher purpose, but the challenges of life are holding you back? If you're taking notes, I'd encourage you to write this down. Number one, invite Jesus into the details of your life. Invite Jesus into the details of your life. I think we can all resonate with Simon. He's had a rough day on the job. He's ready to go home. He's ready to pack it in. He's frustrated. But Jesus doesn't just pick any boat. He picks Simon's boat on purpose. He sees more in Simon than Simon sees in himself. And he's, he's ready to come close to him. In fact, he says, yeah, I need to, I'm going to get in your boat. I want you to push out a little bit from the shore. Why don't you hang out for a little while and listen while I teach the crowd? 
But I want us to see something that's almost imperceptible, but it's there and it's important. Jesus doesn't just get in a boat. For Simon, he's getting into the moneymaker. Are you with me? This is how he makes his living. Our modern day equivalent would be a Jesus showing up at the office, jumping on the Zoom call, going on the sales visit with us, sitting next to us in the classroom. It's a, it's a great reminder that Jesus wants to be in the details of our lives because he wants to show us how high our lives can go if we'll invite him in. So often I think what we do is we, we thank God that we have salvation and we have a, an eternal home, but we don't trust God with the comforts of our temporary presence here on earth. Thank you for what's coming. I'll take it until we'll, we get there. It's inviting Jesus into the details. Jesus, I'm inviting you into my relationships. Jesus, I'm inviting you into my sexuality. I'm inviting you into my vocation, my time management, my parenting, the vision that I have for my life. It's a it's a posture of humility of saying, Jesus, I don't have what it takes on my own, but you do, and I'm inviting you in to call the shots. Right? If he's the creator, who better to guide us? If he's Lord, he's the one that gets to call the shots. It, it occurred to me that while uh, Ava was withholding the bouncing ball from me, that I was actually the one that rescued it for her in the first place. Not once, but twice. <laughs> I wonder how many times has God rescued you? <laughs> and yet so often we'll kind of withhold our lives from him. God, I'm just going to keep it right here to play it's safe. But if we'll invite him into the details, he'd love to show us how high our lives can go. In fact, continue to watch the progression in the story with Simon. Verse 4. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now I want you to put out what? Into the deep water. We've been here on the shore, just kind of in the, in the shallow waters up to your knees. We're going to go out into the deep waters, and I want you to let down the nets for a catch. Do you see the progression? We're going to stay close, then we're going to venture out, perhaps where it's a little bit more uncomfortable. And not only that, but I'm going to direct you in how you do your work, Simon. I'm going to get up into the details of your life. Why? Because Jesus wants him to learn to trust his voice. Watch this in verse 5. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. <laughs> do you ever feel like you just need God to listen to you for a second? <laughs> God, I've tried it my way and it didn't, it didn't work. Like I've, I've been in those waters. I've thrown down those nets. I've been in that boat. It didn't work. <laughs> Simon has a sense that he should, he should listen. But because you say so, probably some times in our lives we just need to stop and say that, don't we? God, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I don't really want to do it this way. But because you say so, I will. I will let down the nets. What do you do when you sense you have a higher purpose, the challenges of life continue to hold, hold you back? Number two, respond to God's voice above all others. Respond to God's voice above all others. That's what Simon just did. Can we agree sometimes that our lives are really noisy? <laughs> there are some days, there are some weeks, there are some seasons of life that 
It's just so loud and there are so many voices coming our way and it can be so difficult to drown out all the noise. There are the voices of our present, right? Of being a spouse, of being a, a parent, of being a child, a, 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 a you know, in your vocation, at work, in your classroom, at school. There's all of these pressures that are coming our direction. Which voice do we listen to? There are the voices of our past. You aren't enough. You didn't make the cut. Look at all of your mistakes. God couldn't use someone like you. And yet we've got to learn to respond to God's voice above all others which means that we've got to learn to walk close enough so that we can hear his voice. In fact, it reminds me of this crazy moment that happened to me just a, a couple of years ago. I was uh, mountain hiking with a friend of mine named Alan. Uh, Alan is an expert. He's hiked some of the best peaks on the planet, which means I was just there for the adventure. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. In fact, we started out just, uh, just walking on this mountain trail. There was snow everywhere, but it was a pretty, pretty easy hike until we got to the mountain face. And Alan pointed up, he's like, this is where, this is where we get off the trail and, and head on up. And there was this icy mountain face when we were switchbacking our way up until we eventually got to the summit. We were somewhere around 13,000 feet, which is close to some of the highest peaks here in in North America, and uh, as we were beginning to descend and make our way down, this significant system of snow and fog set in, and it became very difficult to see. I became very nervous, and I said, Alan, how are we going to get back down? And he said, well, what we were going to do is, which kind of made me nervous that we were now changing the plan. Are you with me? <laughs> Until he told me what the plan was. <laughs> He said, well, we were going to Glissade. Now, I'm from the Midwest. I'm from Indiana, like many of you. I had no idea what that meant. And he began to explain that we were going to slide down the mountain face and use our pickaxe to sort of slow down our momentum as we went down. And uh, he's like, we're no longer going to do that. I'm like, I'm, I'm so grateful that we're not doing that. Uh, he's like, we, we don't know. We can't see the bottom, so we don't know if we're in the right spot. We could slide down 100 feet or we could slide down 2,000 feet. I'm like, let's go to plan B. <laughs> let's... What's plan B? He's like, well, plan B is we just have to find a new route. We were going to stay on top of the ridge until it's safe to, to make our way down. I didn't like the sound of that either because I really just wanted to go back to where we started. As we're walking down the, the ridge, I looked over and I saw the tops of some pine trees. This tells you my level of expertise. As, we, as I saw the pine trees, I was like, Alan, that looks like where we came from. <laughs> I just saw some trees, right? And he's like, well, you could be right. You could be correct. Uh, those could be like those 20 or 30 foot tall pine trees we saw before we got off of the trail. If you're right and we step into a bad patch of snow, we might step into snow like up to our chins. No big deal. But if you're wrong and that's not where we were, and those are like 50 to 60 foot tall pine trees, and we're just seeing like the tops coming out of the snow, we step into the wrong snow, uh, it could be snow as deep as a house. <laughs> to which I responded, please don't listen to any of my advice any, ever, ever again while we're on this mountain. Just you keep, you keep leading the way. You know what you're doing. And I brought along a, a photo that kind of shows us here on the side of the mountain. This is me pretending like it's a good day to die. Like I'm having the best time <laughs> of my life. This is great. I'm so glad that we're on this, uh, this mountain. But there were times where it, it was so thick between the fog and the snow that if, if Alan and I were 10 feet away, I, I could no longer see him. 
as we're walking, he starts to give me avalanche training, which was like not what I signed up for when I woke up that day. But I was like, all right, like I probably need to know this. And eventually, Alan would walk about 10 feet in front of me. And then he'd turn around and he would say, Chad, walk in my footsteps. Do nothing else. <laughs> Just walk where I'm walking. We're going to get off this together. Now, spoiler alert, <laughs> we made it. We made it, off, made it off the mountain. We stayed on the ridge till we eventually found a forest. The forest led us to a neighborhood. The neighborhood led us to a highway where we were able to hitchhike back a couple of miles back to where we began uh, in the first place. For a moment, I sort of felt like Bear Grylls. You know, you ever watch those the shows? That little by little, how he makes his way, his way back. While we're sitting at base camp, it, it occurred to me, as I'm sitting there so happy to be alive and we're eating lunch and it occurred to me that I didn't have to be the expert on the mountain. I literally just had to follow in the footsteps of the one who was. Are you with me? And there are times that can we just agree life is so hard. <laughs> and I don't have the wisdom and neither do you. We aren't the experts, but the maker is. And he invites us to follow in his footsteps. If you'll just follow me close enough, you don't have to have it all figured out. Just walk in my footsteps. And there's no better way to learn to respond to the voice of God above all others than to simply develop a daily rhythm of sitting with him, opening up the scriptures and learning to hear his voice, praying and learning to hear his voice, talking with a group of others who are doing the same. And as you hear the voice of God, respond. One of the things I love about Connection Point, among uh, so many things, is cp.church. If you don't know where to begin that journey of how to hear the voice of God in your life, go to cp.church. There are so many amazing resources that will help you begin developing that daily rhythm. That daily rhythm of inviting God into the details and responding to his voice above all others. That's what Simon does, right? He, he, he casts the nets into the water. He follows the voice of Jesus. And in the story, it says that they begin to haul in so many fish, right? They were just out there and caught nothing. They haul in so many fish that the nets are beginning to break. The, the boat's beginning to sink. They, they call for their friends. They bring out their boat. Their nets are breaking. Their boat is sinking. It's this amazing, miraculous catch and I love Simon's response. When Simon Peter saw this, verse 8, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. This is what Peter does, right? This is his life. This is his livelihood. He grew up on the water. This is how he makes his money. This is what he does. And he's never seen anything like this, which means this man is like no one that he's ever met. And he recognizes that. And he's like, I don't deserve to be in your presence. And here's what we'll begin to learn as well. That as we invite Jesus into the details and we learn to respond to his voice above all others, that little by little we'll begin walking amidst miracles. You'll begin to have your own miraculous catch stories as you respond to the voice of God. You'll, you'll say things like, I, I was praying for wisdom in this situation. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what direction to turn. And then I suddenly just got this phone call from a friend. I hadn't heard from him in a while. And they had gone through a similar situation and just felt led to call me. I can't make this stuff up, right? It's these miracles. You'll be praying to make a difference in someone's life one day, and then the next day you'll see this perfect opportunity to step in and be an encouragement. You're like, man, I was just praying about this very thing. 
I, I can't explain it. I can't make it up. It's this miraculous catch kind of story. What, what do you do? What do you do when you sense you have a higher purpose, but the challenges of life keep holding you back? Here's the third and final thing. Courageously follow after Jesus. Courageously follow after Jesus. The God who designed you made you to live. He made you to soar. He, he made you for more than just getting by. But that doesn't happen in the shallow waters. It happens when you venture out into the deep with him. As you're inviting him into the details, as you're responding to his voice above all others. And what we're about to see in the story is that the real work actually begins when they get back to the shore. Watch the final progression in the story. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore. They left everything and they followed him. They leave everything, the boat, the nets, everything, and they follow after Jesus. We're going to have these miraculous catch stories when God is so close and he's so near and we hear his voice and we see his movements in our lives. But I would argue that courageously following after Jesus begins long after the miracle fades from our memories. Uh, after we've fried the last piece of fish from the miraculous catch, if you know what I mean. I remember God doing that thing back then, but now I'm, I'm walking in the present. It's those moments that you have to continue to courageously follow after Jesus. In fact, let me, let me just ask us one more question as we, as we land the plane. And I think this might be the most important question for someone today. What do we do when we miss the mark? What do we do when we miss the mark. After all, in Luke 5, this is just the beginning of Simon's story. <laughs> Whenever he leaves the boat and he leaves the nets, that's, that's all just the beginning. He did a great thing. He, he followed after Jesus. But what if we fast forward three and a half years to John chapter 21? What do we do when we, we miss the mark. If you fast forward to John chapter 21, the guy who left the boat and left the nets goes back to the boat and picks up the nets and he goes back fishing. He starts to put his life in his pocket to play it safe. Well, what happened before John 21? This man that he left everything to follow was arrested and crucified and dead, buried and placed in a tomb. And if you back up one step before that, Simon was still following Jesus closely. And people start looking at him as Jesus is arrested, like, we're, don't you know this guy? And he's like, no, I've never met him before. No, I, I, we're sure. We, we, we're sure we've seen you with this Jesus. No, I, I promise. I've never, I don't, know, I don't know him. In fact, it says that Simon Peter, this guy who left everything to follow Jesus, when Jesus is in his moments of greatest need, denied knowing him three times. What do we do when we miss the mark? <laughs> what do we do when we blow it greatly? We're all going to have these moments where we were pursuing Jesus and then we, we missed it. We, we got off 
track? What do you do then? Maybe that's the question you're asking yourself today. I'd love to live this made-for-more kind of life, but I'm pretty sure I've gotten way too far off course. And it's perhaps why John chapter 21 is one of my all-time favorite chapters. Simon and the gang, they're out fishing. It's eerily similar to Luke chapter 5. They're all out there fishing, and yet again, the fishermen catch nothing. And Jesus is on shore. In fact, he's started a fire so that when they come back in with the fish that they haven't caught, uh, they can sit and they can eat a meal together. And Jesus calls out from the shore, hey, friends, haven't you any fish? <laughs> no, sir, they're on the shore. Thanks for asking. No, we haven't, we haven't caught anything. And Jesus says, well, why don't you throw your nets on the other side of the boat? And I'm sure they're like, thanks, guy. We Surely we didn't consider that, to throw the nets on the other side of the boat, right? But they listen. They do what he says. And the story is the same. They start to pull in the nets. The nets break. The boats begin to sink. And Simon Peter recognizes, oh, my goodness, that's not anybody on shore. That's, that's Jesus. <laughs> he could care less about the fish. He jumps out of the boat. The, the story says he swims 100 yards to get back to Jesus. And he gets up on the shore. And he sees the one that the last time he saw him, he had denied him and watched him crucified. And Jesus looks at him and he says, Simon Peter, do you love me? In fact, he asked him three times. Why does he ask him three times? Because he denied him three times. And he's giving him an opportunity to be restored back to relationship. Simon, do you love me? Simon, do you, you love me? Simon, do you love me? To which he responds, yes, Lord, you know, you know that I love you. And I love Jesus' response. Yes, Peter, I know you love me. Now go and feed my sheep. <laughs> I believe in you. I see more in you than you see in yourself. I saw it three and a half years ago. It's why I invited you to follow after me. I need you to stop putting your life in your pocket and get back in the game. <laughs> You've got too much to bring to the world to be out there just idly watching life go by. You've got, I've got a calling on your, got a calling on your life. In fact, it reminds me of a moment that happened with, um, with one of my other uh, children, my other daughter, Ella. Uh, several years ago when she was just, uh, just eight, she was playing in a, a co-ed soccer match. And uh, there was this one boy on the other team who was at least twice her size. And I don't know why, but somebody had taught him that every time he touched the ball, he didn't dribble, he didn't pass. He wound up and kicked it as though like the World Cup was on the line. Like every single time. Most times he would just kick it over the net and it would, it would soar to like another field. They'd have to go pick it up. And there was this one moment, you know where this story's going. There was this one moment that my sweet little Ella got in front of him to try to play defense. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, please, no, Lord, please, please, please let her fall down something. She comes in front of him. He winds up and kicks him with everything he's got. And the ball makes a beeline right for her face. And I jump up and my wife sort of grabs my hand like, mm, be careful. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm ready to send the kid to juvenile detention. You know what I'm saying? Like he is a menace to society. He shouldn't be with us anymore. Put him, put him away. And uh, Ella gets this like really tough face and she just, she just keeps playing and I, I kind of sit back down and I cool down. And then five minutes later, <laughs> the same moment happens again. Ella comes over to play defense. He gets the ball. He winds up to kick it as hard as he can. And it just smacks her in the face again. I jump up. And the first time I was ready to send, send him to juvie. This time I'm ready to go to jail myself. Like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take him out. 
Like, we're done. <laughs> Get him off the field. We're done. And I didn't know what to do. Ella was tough. She just turned and she looked at her coach and she's kind of like, like, I need a minute, coach. Like, just, <laughs> he, he did a quick little substitution. And I didn't, I didn't want to embarrass her. She was eight. And I was like, so I kind of walked around the, the field and I, I walked over. And I sat beside her on the bench. And I just kind of put my arm around her like, oh, Ella, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> you're so tough. Like, if this were me, I'd be over in the corner crying. But here you are. Like, you're, I'm so, I'm so proud of you. I just kind of sat there with her and talked with her. And I'll never forget this moment. I was so proud of her. There was this you know, moment, of just, I don't know, maybe a few minutes had passed by and she stood up. She didn't even like talk to me. She just stood up and she walked over to the coach and she was like, I'm ready to get back in the game. <laughs> and I loved it. And I don't know about you, like, do you ever feel like you just get kicked in the face? <laughs> I mean, the challenges just keep coming. And then, oh, you know, five minutes later, it happens again. <laughs> Like you're trying to get ahead. You sense you have a higher purpose. There's something you're supposed to do with your life, and the challenges just keep coming. What do you do? What do you do if you've missed the mark? You remember the best news on the planet. <laughs> you remember the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. What, what do you do when you miss the mark? You, you remember the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. You, you, you remember that Jesus died to free you from your mistakes. You remember that Jesus rose up from the dead to give you a brand new life. He rose up from the dead to give you a made for more kind of life. What, what did Paul tell us? Not that I've already attained all these things, not that I've already been perfected, but I'm gonna press on so I can lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. And that's my prayer for us today. That if we've been playing it safe, dreaming smaller, expecting less, that we would remember that we are made for more. That you would invite Jesus back into the details of your life. You'd respond to his voice above all others and you would courageously run after him. And when you miss the mark, because you will, <laughs> you're human, you're going to remember the cross and the resurrection of Jesus, that Jesus died to free you from those mistakes. He rose up from the dead so that you can live a new life. Remember that you are made for more and get back in the game. Can we pray together? Father, we thank you. God, we thank you for the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. God, you, you make us, you, you design us with great destiny and the brokenness and the sinfulnesses of this world, Lord, they just bring so many challenges into our lives and we confess sometimes we miss the mark. We're so grateful for the cross that forgives us. We're so grateful for the resurrection that brings us new life. As we're praying today, maybe you would just confess to God that you, you've been playing it safe. Some fear, some challenge, some hurt. It's hit you in the face and it's caused you to put your life in your pocket to play it safe. And maybe this would be your moment to say, God, I've been playing it safe. But I believe that I am made for more. Maybe you would 
also confess this. I'm going to invite you back into all of the details. Lord, you have access to everything. God, teach me to respond to your voice above all others and empower me to courageously follow after you. God, when we miss the mark, remind us of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. As we're praying today, maybe someone here, someone listening online, you recognize that today's your day to begin following after Jesus, perhaps for the first time. Maybe you're, you're coming back around from a decision you made many years ago. You recognize today's the day to courageously run after him. If that's you, maybe you pray something like this. You don't have to pray out loud. You can just pray silently in your own heart. Something like this. Jesus, I need you. And Jesus, I love you. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, and I believe that you are that Savior. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you rose up from the dead to give me new life. Today, I'm turning from my ways, and I'm turning towards you. Maybe you pray something like this. God, I don't have what it takes on my own. I need your spirit to fill me up. Would you fill me up today so I can run after you? God, for all of us, we thank you. Lord, we love you. And we're so grateful that you have made us for more. God, even when the challenges seem insurmountable, help us to believe that truth. It's in Jesus' name we pray. We all said together, amen. Well, if today's episode encouraged you or helped you in any way, we would invite you to keep following Jesus with us. We send out a daily video text devotional. You can receive that and you can learn how to gather with us online or in person for our weekend services. All of that is available over at cp.news. That's the letter C, the letter P.news on your phone or desktop or tablet browser. Thanks again for joining us and please join me again next week for the Connection Point Podcast.